Hello, I'm Marsha Ogden. Welcome to my podcast, Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus. It's for anyone who's passed that milestone, like me, by a long chalk, and who, like me, has realised that we could be on this earth for another 30 or 40 years. So let's plan to make the rest of our life the best of our life. Before we get started with this week's episode, can I just remind you to please, please, please review, share and subscribe to the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you do want to plan to make the rest of your life the best of your life, take a look at www.gurgleit.com forward slash my best life and find out more about my best life journal and workshops. Welcome to episode 50 of the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast. This one's called Eating for Victory. And so ends week six. Week six of the coronavirus quarantine in the UK. As you may or may not have guessed, we've got a VE Day theme this week since we've been commemorating the 75th anniversary of victory in Europe. So I've got some food-related wartime handy hints for you, a little wartime cake recipe for you and a gorgeous little story that I pinched from one of the national newspapers. What did you do to commemorate VE Day? All those big community plans had to be shelved, didn't they? Do you know, I was really looking forward to attending a big event near me. Oh, and that, you know, it's just one such huge event and all that planning gone to waste. I'll tell you what was funny though. Did you see that on Facebook? You know, because of the coronavirus, we're all wandering around in a fog. Nobody knows what day it is anymore. And on Facebook it said, just in case you're confused, Friday is Bank Holiday Monday. Because in the UK, we had moved the the Bank Holiday to accommodate this weekend's celebrations. Oh dear. Anyway, I asked on social media this week for news of what you're planning for VE Day and I know my request was a bit late so I've only got a couple of responses for you. Happily, one of them did come from the States where almost half of this podcast's listeners are from. Did you know that? So thank you if you're listening from the States. So if you do have a story from how you celebrated in lockdown, send them in. Because as we approach the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus first birthday, I know, I can hardly believe it, I am gathering stories to publish for that episode as well. Now, I just want to read you an excerpt from my favourite VE Day story so far. It was in the Telegraph magazine last weekend and it's called Grandad Danced with the Queen in Trafalgar Square, but no one believed him. It's about the now 90-year-old Ronald Thomas. I'll put a link in the show notes. But if I'm absolutely honest, what drew me to the story was the photo of the now 90-year-old Ronald Thomas. Because I had to do a double take. He looked just like my dad at 90, who we lost to dementia four years ago. 
oh my goodness, it absolutely spooked me. Anyway, here's the story. It's only an excerpt from it. It was family folklore that we grew up with. My grandfather used to tell us that he had danced with the Queen on VE Day, but we didn't really know if it was true. He said he and a friend had got the train to London from Harrow and ended up in Trafalgar Square and there were lots of people dancing, including a girl he recognised. Brackets. Princess Elizabeth was wearing the uniform of the Auxiliary Territorial Service with which she had served as a mechanic. Close brackets. He moved towards her and straight away said he knew who she was. Then they danced together for a few minutes, just a merry dance. She denied, brackets, her identity, brackets, at first. But he was so sure, he said, I'd recognise your face anywhere. Eventually she admitted it, but told him to keep it quiet. He felt a strong sense of civic duty to the future monarch, which is why he didn't expose her then, and why he has been very bashful about it since. There were several big blokes with her, chaperoning, and after a few minutes they all moved on and that was that. It all happened very quickly, but he's thought very fondly of her ever since. He was absolutely certain it was her. He's always had a keen eye and I have no doubt that his story is true. But when he told people, they laughed at him and said, don't talk rubbish. And there you have it. The story is told by his grandson, Dominic Kavakeb. As you know, instead of a handy life hack, whilst we're on lockdown, I'm collating information that I find in the newspaper and on social media about how to make the most of this kind of very strange period in our lives. And so each week that we're in this situation, I'm trying to bring you a few of the best ideas that I find to keep us productive and entertained. This week, in keeping with the VE Day theme, here are three food-related tips from World War II that are actually relevant to our current situation. And even afterwards, they're just really good hints for being economical. Number one. At the start of the war, many women didn't really know how to cook but with the introduction of rationing, creative cookery became essential. The Ministry of Food's Kitchen Front campaign was launched to offer advice ranging from nutrition and recipes to the best ways to keep glass splinters out of food during an air raid. We don't have that concern, fortunately, but the advice is still relevant. Prepare meals from scratch and be more inventive with what's available. This will lead to healthier diets and far less food waste. Which leads me on to number two. Foraging was a practical way of supplementing the diet and the Ministry of Food published a hedgerow harvest guide to help. Blackberries, elderberries, wild garlic and stinging nettles are all easy picks. Fruit can be made into jam to last through the winter. Wild garlic provides flavour in the absence of onions and garlic. And stinging nettles are a good alternative to spinach. Who knew? Number three. Oh, my mum did this all her life. Always scrape the butter, margarine and cooking fat papers so as not to waste any. 
Save the papers for greasing bowls or tins, for covering steamed puddings and for wrapping around cheese to keep it fresh. Bearing in mind how much of everything we've got in our world, I know we've got certain restrictions at the moment, but bearing in mind what a plentiful life is out there for us, I've always been a bit fascinated by the rationing that went on during the war and how people adjusted to it. So I'm going to read you now the weekly rationing allowances for food per person per week during World War Two. These are in ounces, obviously, but as a guide, four ounces is 113 grams, which is about... I think about four thin slices of cooked meat. I've had a quick look in the fridge and that's the only thing I can sort of equate it to. Not my meat, obviously. It's Gary's because I'm vegan. Right. I know you didn't need to know that, but there we go. So, as an example, in 1943, this is what one person would have got. Four ounces of bacon and ham one shilling and tuppence value of other meat, which equated to about two chops, two ounces of butter, two ounces of cheese, four ounces of margarine, four ounces of cooking fat, and eight ounces of sugar, a pound of preserves every two months, and one fresh egg. But you do get your allowance of dried egg. Ooh. And you also get 12 ounces of sweets every four weeks. Oh, I know people who would go through all that in a day. I bet you do too. And do you know what? This week I've watched a really interesting film called, oh, let me think what it was called. The, the Guernsey Literary Club and Potato Peel Pie Society. It was all about when the Germans invaded Guernsey. I know in a film they do tend to dramatise things but there must have been some truth in this. One of the characters sat down to a meal and that meal was the cooking water from the potato and a potato. A potato. It's unbelievable isn't it? We don't know we're born. So what did you all have planned for commemorating the VE Day anniversary? I know when I've been out and about on my walks, I've seen bunting going up around different streets in readiness for some little front garden parties where you can just celebrate and shout across the fence to your neighbour, which is fair enough. You know, as long as you're respecting the two metre social distancing rule, then why not? As I mentioned, I did ask for some ideas from what other from what you guys are doing and it was a bit late like I say so I got a couple in one from Graham in Florida who said we're a family of four adults I'm originally from the UK so we're just having a little British jam sandwiches and cups of tea party Sally from Roehampton in the UK that is ooh, south but I'm not exactly sure where oh, I'm so sorry Sally she said, in our street, we've planned to put bunting up and each family will sit in the front garden having scones, cake, wine and tea. Oh, lovely. And she hopes the sun keeps shining. And it did, didn't it? It was a bit more dull than it had been for the rest of the week, but it wasn't too bad. 
So thank you so much, Graham and Sally. Let us know how you actually went on. Well, what did I do? I didn't do an awful lot, really, but I did attend a Rotary Club Zoom celebration. We all drank a toast to the Queen and remembered those lost. And during the day, I watched the original Winston Churchill speech on TV. And, of course, in the evening, listened to the Queen. If you're not convinced yet that journaling can change your life, or perhaps in these very strange times of lockdown, you're just on a really strict budget. Well, guess what? I've published the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus My Best Life Journal onto Amazon Kindle at just £6.97 UK or £7.99 US dollars. Because obviously, having published the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus My Best Life Journal, I am going to keep stressing the benefits of journaling. And now, do not tell me you haven't got time. My journal is a year long. It's undated, so you can start it when you want. And the pages are big, so there's lots of room for a reflection and planning. And it's not just a diary or a planner. It's a place to write your thoughts and work on breaking bad habits and developing new traits and skills. And as I say, at £6.97, it's a snip. If you do still prefer the actual hardback edition, you can take advantage of my friends and family discount price of £23 rather than the advertised £33. All the links will be in the show notes. Who's had the baking bug whilst we've been in lockdown? I have done a fair bit of baking, I have to say. But I thought it would be appropriate to bring you a little bonus in the shape of a plain cake foundation recipe from the Ministry of Foods leaflet number 30. And it fits in with our World War II theme, obviously. Please excuse the building noise outside. I'm losing the will to live here. Trying to get enough time to record when it's quiet. Right. Now, here's the recipe. Half a pound of plain flour and four teaspoons of baking powder or half a pound of self-raising flour. And I'm told to make it authentic, use wholemeal flour because there wasn't a lot of white flour around at the time. A pinch of salt, three ounces of margarine, three ounces of sugar, half a teaspoon of vanilla essence and approximately three quarters of a pint of milk and water mixed. Now, this is the bit that surprises me. The method is just a normal cake mix method, substituting the eggs with the milk and water. Now, I thought the eggs were really crucial for the texture of the cake. So anyway, mix the flour, baking powder if used and salt. Rub in the margarine and add the sugar. Add the vanilla and mix to a dropping consistency with the milk and water. Turn into a 7 inch greased tin and bake in a moderately hot oven for 3 quarters of an hour to an hour. Now, like I said, I did actually make this cake, or bake this cake should I say, 
it didn't rise as much as I was hoping and its texture is quite heavy. That must be the miss missing the eggs, wasn't it? But it was really, really nice. I was quite proud of it. So give it a whirl. You can always cut it in two and put jam in it or serve it hot with custard. Whatever takes your fancy. The answer to last week's quiz is Citroen 2CV or Dercheval. If you want to know what the question was, you'll have to listen back to episode 49. Oh, I had the Charleston Citroen 2CV. I absolutely loved it. They were the best cars ever. Here's this week's question. Sorry, I know you won't agree with me, but I just had to say it. Where in London did crowds gather to celebrate VE Day? No Googling, remember? And I'll give you the answer next week. Thanks so much for listening this week. Remember to check out the deals on My Best Life Journal because there's no time like the present to do a bit of self-reflection and get into the rhythm of keeping tabs on your mind and body self-care routine. If it is something that you've thought of doing one day, make today that day. There are links in the show notes. Do look after yourselves and if you find you need a bit of company, don't forget that you can catch up on the previous directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcasts. Stay safe and if we've learnt anything by our age, it's that nothing's forever. It's just a very strange period that we're going through. See you next week. The Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast is created and produced by me, Marsha Ogden, and it's available on several platforms, as well as via our website. So please keep listening and tell your friends all about it. Do follow us on Instagram and Facebook too. You'll find all the relevant links in the show notes. Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus is about making our life happier and easier. So if you do have suggestions or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, just drop me a line at marsha at gurgleit.com. Have a fantastically happy week and I'll see you next time. Thank you.